Welcome to the First Sight Experience. My name is Cam Lancaster, your host. Today we will be talking about how you can recover from addiction using my tried and true methods I have learned from the Czech Institute and things that I have studied. Hey guys, so welcome to the show. Uh, today I'm talking about addiction. If you've seen me on my Instagram at all, I've been covering this topic all week. It's a topic that's near and dear to my heart because it is something that I think all human beings struggle with. It is a collective struggle. And I just want to say that, you know, I've had my addiction struggles in the past, and I still do from time to time. But I want to really just sort of extend my empathy out to people who are suffering from addictions that are very serious, um, stuff like fentanyl or opioids, or very serious addictions where it is life-threatening to them. I've never been on that level of addiction, so I just want to say that, you know, my heart goes out to you. And I hope that you get the help that you deserve because you do deserve it. So, yeah, I just wanted to kind of start there because uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of, I think, shame that goes into addiction and a lot of isolation. And I really want to sort of, you know, bring it to the airwaves to make sure that, you know, people get their chance to heal from uh, from the behaviors that have really uh, rotted at their soul. So um, I, I want to start with talking about the addiction loop. And it's something that is a great place to sort of camp out on for a little bit and just discover and, and figure out you know how to not get caught in this loop and how to break it ultimately so it starts with a trigger so this is something that sets you off that you want to partake in an action um, so triggers could be you know there's the trigger that actually makes you want to do the action and then there's the trigger that causes you to want to do the action so triggers that would cause you um, to maybe reach for it would be being abused as a child you want some sort of sense of relief from the uh, the emotional trauma that comes from it, uh, any sort of pain. So uh, if you have an injury and then you get uh, a prescription for opioids and then you, you get the uh, opioid prescription, you could be addicted to getting away from the pain um, and then it goes past when the injury is healed. Uh, there's boredom. I think that's probably an, the number one uh, reason why people suffer from addiction today in my eyes. And a lot of the our addictions come from social media and uh, YouTube and Netflix. So boredom is a huge one because we have more time on our hands and more entertainment at our hands. Boredom is huge. So it, it, there's also marketing too. That is a trigger. Uh, and so another one would be a stressful event as well too. That is a trigger. So uh, this sort of begs the, the next part of this with handling your triggers and that's to do an awareness exercise. Uh, so basically what I, I've done before, I've done it by students as well too, is to track your triggers for a whole week. But basically to make sure, uh, you know, as you're doing this tracking, you first want to figure out what your triggers are because you might have an idea as to what your triggers are, but I really want you to sort of do an inventory on when you do that addictive behavior and then try and think about the hours, probably three hours to four or five hours before the uh, addictive habit took place and what you did to... Uh, to sort of the trigger, like where did the trigger come from exactly to make you go and, and do that addictive behavior. And then from there you can make a chart and then just sort of put a tick mark every time uh, when a trigger comes up. And, you know, don't judge yourself in the process of this. You you know, when I first did it, I felt like a bit of an asshole because I realized, wow, how much do I, you know, how weak am I to give in to these triggers on a, a constant basis. But it really is just this is an exercise to understand exactly where you're at because you could be making up a problem in your head that is actually really not there. Uh, I, you know, I've always thought that I've had, you know, many, many addictions, but when you actually track the habits, you realize, oh, it's just something you occasionally engage in 
that isn't actually that detrimental. Uh, it might not be detrimental at all. Uh, just the thought of it being detrimental could be. So uh, another thing uh, too to bring awareness to the triggers is uh, doing a meditation. Um, so this is basically just to, um, this is the awareness to basically stop yourself in those moments where the triggers come up and you feel like you go on autopilot. Meditation will kind of give you that extra gear if you do it long enough to stop yourself in that moment. And one addiction in particular, or sorry, one meditation I've been doing in particular comes from the uh, the uh, Rama Institute with Guru Jagat, and she does this addiction meditation where for three minutes you do this very tough pose, you do a lot of different breathing exercises, and you do this internal chant, and it basically just kind of almost gives you a bit of a superpower, as if to say you're like Superman, where when the bullet is speeding at you, meaning the addictive behavior, you're able to shape the bullet into a different direction and sort of deflect it, so it will give you this kind of sense of armor. I would say addiction is the number one thing I would prescribe for people who are suffering from addiction. Uh, sort of meditation for addiction because it really does give you that sort of sense of you know okayness when the um, the moment comes up where you're about to do that habit. Okay, so then after the uh, trigger comes up, you're going to have a typically a dopamine rush, and this is the thing that is really going to propel you to the action. Uh, it is sort of the the thing that takes you from you know feeling like kind of like exposed to wanting to do this and then before you know it, you're actually doing it so then the action is actually doing the thing doing the action of the addiction and this is the this is where the highest likelihood is that you'll want to make big grand plans to stop right after it occurs and that's something i would really sort of caution you on is to make sure that you know if you want to stop an addiction uh, do it out of a place where it's aligned with your health and aligned with your dreams as opposed to out of a place of desperation because if you are doing it out of a place of desperation chances are when you are in a desperate moment you might revert back to that habit so now with the action uh, and the dopamine uh, I really want you to think about when you're on autopilot uh, so it's that feeling where you, you don't even feel like you're in control of your body it almost feels like a parasite is taking control and you're just kind of along for the ride so this is where the um, the meditation is is very key because you might you know you might feel like an asshole that whole time and you're and you're going towards this uh, towards the action and you're reaching for it but if you just stop yourself in that moment and revert your attention to something different something more productive a good addiction then uh, you know the symptoms will eventually pass right so uh, that's like for me for instance when I'm very stressed out uh, in my day to day with my work life. And then doing all the stuff I do on social media, and then my podcast. There's just a uh, you know, there's a lot going on for me in my life. I'm also planning a wedding. I'm planning on moving soon. So there's just uh, you know, I'm I'm really busy on all fronts, like most people, right? So when I get super busy and at the end of the day, that's usually when I'm most triggered to do to do the thing that I um, that I'm addicted to right now, which is probably being on YouTube too much. So I just know there's almost like a direct path for me to get to the couch without even thinking about anything. And I know what that's going to lead to is maybe an hour and a half of me just watching three-minute video after three-minute video. So what I'll do instead is sort of draw on the meditation that I've been doing. So I'm meditating on the trigger that comes, which is the autopilot part of it. And then instead of just plugging myself on the couch, I always actually look right at my dog. And uh, that helps me to realize, okay, don't take part in the bad action. Get your dog on a leash and go out for a nice walk. 
So that's been very effective for me and I've uh, been able to, and, and you know, the more you do that, the less powerful the trigger becomes because you start to have control over it and you start to have power over it. So another thing that can come with the action of doing it is the shame spiral. And this is something I don't think is covered enough um, when, when you talk about addiction literature, but um, you know, because of this one bad action, uh, you're going to right after feel the sense of relief, but you're also going to feel the sense of, wow, I'm an asshole for doing this because I know I'm hurting a lot of people in my life. But this is the one roadblock that really builds up. It does two things. It makes it, makes it so much harder to stop the addiction because you almost feel like you deserve it. Um, and then also, too, it's going to make you really sort of be in a state where you, you forget to love yourself. You forget the sense of self of who you are because every time you do that say you do the addiction you know seven times a week seven times you're patterning yourself to say that wow i'm an asshole so the shame spiral is very careful to be if you mess up you just realize that everyone messes up everyone is human so just you know forgive yourself in that moment and move on and say you know look i made it to day 12 of this amazing journey and I messed up at day 13, but I'm so excited for tomorrow for day one, and I can't wait to get back after it. So the next part of the addiction cycle is the reward. So you get that sense of relief, like I had mentioned. The action is achieved. This could leave you in a state of uh, bliss, but again, also in that state of regret. The next part of that is you're invested, committed in the dopamine cycle, and it just keeps going from there, and then you loop back to your triggers. So it, it is a cycle that... I think you really need to break at the trigger cycle, right? Uh, because if you if you are not, um, you know, realize that the addiction is really never going to go away. It's about management in my eyes. So really, if you can become the power over your triggers, then chances are you're not going to take part in that addictive behavior. So this was a quote that uh, really spoke to me quite a bit when I started to want to actually get help on my own addictions. And uh, it's an analogy of what really an addiction becomes. I think it's uh, by Walter Joseph. Uh, so addictions, so I'll just read it from the start. Addictions started out like magical pets, pocket monsters. They did extraordinary tricks, showing you things you hadn't seen, were fun, but came through some gradual dire alchemy to make decisions for you. Eventually, they were making your most crucial life decisions, and they were less intelligent than goldfish. So to me, that's a very important uh, topic or a, a thing to think about when you're looking at the behaviors in your life, because you want to really figure out what an addiction is before it actually starts so it doesn't manifest into something that you can't control. And by Paul Check's definition, this is the addiction, this is the definition I use in my own life and then for my students, because I think it rings so true, is that an addiction is something that is a repeatable behavior that does not lead to a desired outcome. So if you're realizing that you're starting to get into something new that you haven't really gotten into before, and this is something that's really not covered enough, but nipping it before it actually becomes a problem. So if you find that, oh, maybe for a couple, you know, an extra hour a night I've been on my Instagram just kind of scrolling randomly, and but you don't feel the kind of the the pain from it or the repercussions, you know, of feeling like you're socially off, like, you, you know, in two weeks, for, if you do that for two weeks, at you know day 15 you might feel like oh I'm actually starting to feel a little bit socially out of it what's going on so it really is 
thinking about, you know, charting out all your behaviors that you take part in on a daily basis and all everything that's in your schedule and realizing like, is this coming, is this leading to a desired outcome? And if it's not, then actively making sure that you need to cut it out. So that, that's something that I kind of expand on with the addiction process is that you can have addictions in your life and you, you will have a lot of addictions in your life, but it's about making the addictions uh, to a, to a behavior that has a desired outcome. So for me, I was a, you know, my addiction and when I was in high school was to be, you know, constantly overeating. And I, I developed an addiction oppositely of learning how to portion control. And I loved, you know, counting my calories and making sure I was, you know, eating the right amount for uh, my body's needs. And then also getting in the gym and I saw the, the desired outcome change. So really is about linking, you know, what's the behavior and the desired outcome that I'm going through. Uh, so, uh, and on top of that, when, uh, when you, when you're thinking about the desired outcome, you know, what is a desired outcome? There could be so many different uh, ways to define that. It's, it's hard to put that all into a bubble. So is this moving me closer to my dream? I think is the one thing that you can have an answer for if it's leading to your, if it's a desired outcome or not. So, and if you don't have a dream, then it's time to define that dream. You need to maybe meditate on that if you don't have your dream figured out because, you need a deeper reason to give up this habit that is chronically in your life. And then also, a lot. so with aligning it with your dream, align it with the six foundational principles of health, if health is very important to you. So thinking, moving, breathing, eating, sleeping. Okay, so with those six foundational principles, you really want to put them down on a, a put them down on a list and then put your addictive behavior there and then go step by step with each foundational principle and see which one violates that principle if health is very important to you you could have other principles that you work with uh, but if you're if holistic health is your number one uh, thing that you want to go for then see if thinking moving breathing eating sleeping or hydrating violates that so for me I did this with my YouTube addiction about uh, two months ago so for me my YouTube addiction was violating my ability to move. I became a couch potato because of it, sometimes taking an hour to an hour and a half just to watch three-minute clips over and over again. It was violating my thinking. I actually kind of lost my ability to read and do research for my job, so that was really affecting me. My patience was terrible. I was constantly, and it's probably I'm still bad at this, but I'm working on it, is constantly cutting people off in conversation, and then also... Uh, with patience, I you know I couldn't even get through a song on my Spotify. I was always changing the songs constantly, and there was also va violating my sleep. I was typically doing this around nine o'clock at night, and then I'd be going to bed at ten thirty. Thought I was getting to bed at a good time, but my body was exposed to the blue light stress, and then I couldn't get myself to a s deep sense of sleep. So it was basically just affecting my whole life because I'd wake up the next day feeling really groggy, and then I would you know go for anger. So you have to sort of think about the little ripple effect that one action can cause right it might seem very innocent in the moment to watch a little bit of porn or have a drink but maybe that one drink that you have puts you over the edge to being dehydrated the dehydration leads to cognitive function um, problems and then you can't think as well and then you lead to poor job performance and then you lead to getting fired over time so you have to really make that one little connection to how things can really spiral out and that's another exercise you can do is right at the top of the page the little action that you do that's addictive and then think about the chain reaction that's going to happen from doing this it really is thinking about the butterfly effect because in the moment your brain and your ego is justifying everything 
to partake in that addictive behavior. But if you have the ripple effect planned out in your mind, you're going to realize like, well, no, I don't, you know, if you can go deep with it, like I don't want to, you know, have that drink because that could lead to me, uh, you know, eventually losing my job. So I don't want you to, you know, think too literally about it, but it's good to have the awareness around it. So what to replace the addiction with? This is a very important thing to think about because uh, you're you're not going to be totally eliminating addiction from your life because you want to find an addiction that gives you a desired outcome, something that makes you feel more aligned with your dreams. So I would say first off when you're replacing addiction, if it's very serious, consult a check trained practitioner like myself or a doctor, or if it's, you know, something that you feel like is beyond the control of those types of people, then I would say get into a rehab clinic and get yourself working with the people who are doing this for a living. I'll say this though, uh, in getting this help, is that it's not coming to you. At the end of the day, you know, someone might have done this thing to you that causes you to have an addictive behavior, or an event might have caused this and it allows you to have this addictive behavior, but at the end, you need to be the one to put the invitation out into the world to get help. And that's something I'm going to reiterate is no one is coming to save you. And that's something that I needed to realize with my bad behaviors over time because I was, my bad behaviors, uh, you know, it reflected my personality where I was just constantly, like I would get in the room with someone, I would just like kind of root them there and have them just sort of, you know, be my, uh, be my sounding board for all my complaints. And I realized that, you know, no one's coming to save me on this. Like no one's going to, no one, you know, 80% of the people that listen to you complain, uh, are likely not going to want to talk to you again. And then 20% is your family and they're willing to put up with it. So, uh, so again, to go back to, you know, what to replace an addiction with. So it comes to like the, the different types of addictions out there that are very mainstream right now. So if you have an addiction, uh, addict or if you have a sex addict or a porn addict, uh, maybe it's having a, um, a planned, uh, abstinence to sex. Uh, if it's porn, then maybe having real sex is really good for yourself. But I would say the number one thing is to take up something creative. Um, a creative project will really stimulate that sense of play in your brain that you actually might need. So painting or playing guitar or taking up a sport that you find is a creative endeavor is something that's a good way to get over that type of addiction. Uh, with YouTube, social media, Netflix addictions, going for a walk is a very good thing because you can really just get away from your device and change your brain chemistry of being out in nature. With substance abuse, uh, I would, you know, I'd reiterate my point again about getting real help for something that is involved with substance abuse. The reason being is because someone who is treating an opioid addiction might know something a lot more than someone who's treating an alcohol addiction. So getting someone who is specifically helping you with the addiction, I would also recommend, you know, finding someone in your own life that suffers with that similar addiction if you can. Because it will, who is, who is sort of not someone who is going through it in the time, uh, but someone who has overcome that addiction because they can really be your mentor in getting over that. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so with the substance abuse, I think one simple thing you can do is uh, to think about a pyramid of less evil. So, if you're addicted to alcohol, then maybe switching to alcohol free beer and then eventually to pop and then to sugar free soda and then to sparkling water and to water. So, you know, realize that there's not many cases out there of people who have quit cold turkey and been able to do really well with it. Uh, you might need to, you know, sort of make your way down the the level of of this pyramid to eventually get yourself to the place you want to be. Taking baby steps is huge.
So eating addiction, uh, that's something that a lot of people have struggle with today because our food is so um, is so stripped away in terms of the caloric density of it uh, just because of how it has been farmed and how it is produced. So uh, I would say getting help from a Czech practitioner is the number one thing you can do. They're going to put you on a proper eating plan. Uh, they're going to teach you about organic eating, metabolic typing, how to eat on a budget. That's something that I really tackle first with my people is getting into their food habits because food is our medicine ultimately. There's no no such thing really unless you know drugs for treating uh, you know treating bacterial infections that uh, as a race humans have had to overcome. But a lot of drugs out there are really not the medicine we should be relying upon. It's food. So for me, I had an eating addiction when I was in high school, and uh, the one thing I replaced uh, with the eating addiction was getting into an environment that was very uncomfortable for me. So uh, my dad took me to uh, a, uh, a gym, a local gym, and I ended up training with a professional uh, football player, and he made me feel so uncomfortable uh, at the start, but then I realized, you know, this guy who's an absolute, you know, God of a man in terms of his physique and his shape and his confidence too was a human being just like myself and I connected with this guy so well. So just by changing my environment, I started to work out a little bit more. I started to watch what I was eating a little bit more, being more accountable in the mirror. And then lo and behold, it led me to another trainer. And then it led me to a point in my life where I was able to lose 60 pounds in six months along with educating myself. So it's good to really form a community around thing that you're struggling with, uh, you know, get in a room with someone who's a lot better than you at it because they will keep you accountable. And chances are that person has been where you've been before. So they'll really be able to guide you through the process of getting to the mastery level. Uh, addiction to perfectionism is another one I've struggled with too that a lot of people struggle with today uh, if you're an A-type personality. So stop keeping a calendar is a really good way to sort of mitigate this. Um, if if you keep a planner, then keep it very wide open, do things in very big chunks as opposed to being so detail oriented. Uh, so yeah, so basically let's talk about um, if, if you can't find a habit to replace it with, then try this. So what gives you pure joy? I think that's an, an one thing to camp out on with finding a good addiction. And it has to be something that is not a destructive behavior to yourself or to other people. Remember, think about the relationship between I and we. So what, whatever gives you joy, write it out and find a way to do that. You know, And if you can't do it at a level that you want to do it at, then that's fine. At least try and find the time. Like for myself, I live in a pretty small house. I don't have a lot of land uh, right now. And my, my big thing is I love golfing. It's something I grew up with doing. It was my first love really in terms of uh, an activity. So what I do at night is I'll lay out a yoga mat and just do some putting on it because it really makes me connect with something I love to do. Um, so, and then that goes to into my next point is if you don't know anything that gives you pure joy right now, think about what you loved as a kid. I mean, if if you've you know, chances are you did love doing something as a kid, and even if it's something as silly as you know I love to play video games, and maybe it's for 20 minutes a day giving yourself time to play video games and just sort of, you know, give yourself the freedom to ease up and stop, you know, stop sort of engaging with uh, the bad behavior. So another thing to consider is how sugar affects addiction. So uh, just talking from a nutritional standpoint, so or the way it affects our brain, so sugar activates the opioid receptors in our brain and affects the reward center, which leads to compulsive behavior despite the negative consequences like weight gain, headaches, hormone imbalances, and much more. So it's that compulsive behavior that I want to reference to. 
if you are uh, have you know many addictions, I would say first look at how much sugar you're consuming on a daily basis and count it up. Really look at all the you know track your food and then extract from there how much sugar you're eating. And it might be worth considering going to a sugar-free diet because you will have less compulsive behavior. The less compulsive you are, the less chance you're going to you know engage in behaviors that are are destructive to you. So, and that's kind of the wrapping this point up in general is, are you just replacing it, replacing addictive behavior with another one and playing whack-a-mole with your addictions? So just always be aware of that, I would say. You don't have to go too deep into this one, but just simply make sure you're not playing that whack-a-mole game. Another, uh, one more, uh, just a couple more exercises to go off, and then I'll leave you with some resources that you can take a look at that I found to be very impactful for myself. But first... I, I have this whiteboard that I'm looking at to the left of myself at my desk, and it's a it's a definition of the yang and then the yin in my life. And yang is you know being too uh, being too sympathetic, dominant. It's I'm too trapped in my masculine, and I'm basically these are habits that I engage in that are uh, sort of life draining. They cause inflammation. They cause the heating up of the body, and it's basically like these are the habits that I constantly have been putting fire on for months. So I found when I charted these out, it really helped. So I have uh, I have coffee, meat, and then YouTube, and then basically I look at I, I on the other side of the chart I have the yin side of it, which is the feminine, the parasympathetic, the healing part of it. So this is life affirmative. It's soothing. It's cooling. So to overcome coffee, I have herbal and mushroom tea that I've been drinking uh, to overcome my meat addiction. It's going toward a, a vegetarian and leaner meats type of diet. And then with the YouTube, it's going for walks and then moving my body. So just having that awareness around there to see it every day as a reminder is very important. I recommend even putting it in the mirror, that little yin and yang chart. And then you just know exactly, you can make that association right away. So another, one more exercise I want to leave you with is doing shadow work. So I've talked about the shadow before, but it's basically the side of yourself that you don't really know is there, uh, but everyone else can see in you. So this is scary stuff. Uh, but basically, shadow you know, shadow is something that's unresolved from previous patterning with your parents or yourself, and you constantly do. And uh, some, some, sometimes it shows up in behavior, and sometimes it doesn't. But basically, uh, you are you might be putting your shadow frustration towards your addiction. You might not even know it. So what I would say is try out two things. And this is um, sorry, mom and dad in advance, but uh, this is something I did and I found to be very helpful. But try out two things in your parents each that you don't really like about them in terms of their behavior, the way they treat you, or the way they treat others, and then see how it comes up in your own life. Uh, it, it could be a very big wake up call to realize that wow, I'm, I'm actually you know carrying out a lot of things that my parents. Um, are doing. To lead off with some resources, uh, the number one thing that you can check out for addiction is to check out Paul Check's YouTube channel and just type in on YouTube Paul Check Addiction. It's funny I'm talking about YouTube when I've been talking about how much I've been getting off of it, but uh, it can be used for constructive. So uh, Paul Check's addiction uh, video, it's about a 40 minute video and he talks pretty much everything I talked about in a little bit more detail than some other things you can consider. Uh, there's Gabor Mate's book on addiction. So he works heavily with addicted patients in Vancouver's downtown east side uh, with um, people with drug addictions. This book begins with the stories of patients who have kind of spent their lives addicted to heroin, cocaine, and crystal meth. And he outlines the neurobiology and physiology that informs these stories. 
uh, from birth to struggling with adulthood. So if you find that science really connects with you as a reason for behavior change, then I would definitely recommend checking out this book. For more on the habit loop, this is kind of similar to the addiction loop. Uh, a book called The Power of Habit with Charles Duhigg is very important. If you're struggling with alcohol and you've gone through the AA system and you find it's not working, check out The Sober Truth by Lance Dodes. And then uh, the final book I would, I would recommend is The Biology of Desire with Mark Lewis. He talks about how addiction might actually not be a disease and more something that um, relates to something else. So uh, the closing message I would say, and this again comes from Paul Cech, something that I've really applied into my own life on my own healing journey is that the value of your yes means nothing until you learn to say no. So I'll repeat that again. The value of your yes means no thing until you learn to say no. So your yes in this instance is your dream, something you really want in your life, something that will make you really feel whole. So you really have to learn to grapple with the discipline of saying no to the thing that you constantly engage in to, un to uncover your yes. It's really about getting out of the way of your own self and your own success. So you can DM me on Instagram if you're really struggling. Uh, you can, it's at first light cam. Um, you know, I understand it's not a topic that everyone really wants to talk about. Uh, you know, these, if you're not even willing to disclose the type of addiction you're going through, I totally understand that. But I just want you to realize that I'm here for you uh, to help you through it. Uh, and if you want to go further with it, you can hop on a free consult call to talk about my mentorships and we can talk about the things that you're struggling with with your health and relation to addiction. Right now I'm accepting new mentees uh, going forward in November and December for the end of the year. Uh, so you can just uh, hit up my schedule at firstlightholistic.com. And then uh, if you're interested about becoming a Czech Institute practitioner, then you can definitely talk to me about that as well too. I am Czech trained and certified. I work with people, mainly entrepreneurs, on really getting their holistic health to a good standpoint. So again, find me at the First Light Experience, what you're listening to right now on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. If you feel uh, open to it, please leave me a review. I really appreciate all the love and support. And then you can find me on Instagram at First Light Cam. And each week I will break down a topic and then share it on a podcast like this. Um, so it's very fun for me to do this because this is actually... Uh, just to sort of close on this point, it, it really is giving me the, um, this is leveling me up in terms of my awareness and my knowledge around health, holistic health. So it, it, it's exciting for me to do this each week and I, I hope you guys are getting a lot out of it. So anyways, best of luck with everything. I really hope that, you know, on your holistic health journey, um, it's a positive one and something that enlightens you the way I've been enlightened. So much love guys. Have a nice week and I'll see you next week.